for the Golden State Warriors. And since we're on the radio, a former UCLA radio commentator back in the day, <laughs> Bob Myers joins us. Bob, welcome back uh, to The Drive, and uh, thanks for coming on. Hey, Chris. Glad to be here. I'm happy to see my guy Rick Buecher over here with you. I hope he's not bringing you down. Yeah, you know you what? Know. It hurt me a little bit knowing that you have a little broadcasting background yeah. and you were just, you know, assessing my game so far <laughs> on the airwaves and it was... He said it could get better. He said, yeah. he's, he yeah. said we're looking yeah. to, quite honestly, he said we're looking for improvement. Yeah, it's fluid. <laughs> you know what? At least he believes that it's possible. <laughs> he's got a high ceiling. He's got a high ceiling. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, look, first of all, uh, we're we're looking at the whole Andrew Bogut situation where you're trying to work him in and you got you have him on limited minutes i think the the expectation was at least at one point that we might not see him for a while and then he right. comes in and he's he's playing right off the bat um tell us how you feel right now about how this has gone with Andrew being in and out of the lineup and and playing on limited minutes well Rick it's fr- it's frustrating sticking to the process that's the truth it's frustrating but that doesn't mean we should change the process ideally we'd like him to play without a limit restriction without a minute restriction um, but we have to listen to somebody somebody has to make this determination and the doctor is the one that's uh, that we're going to listen to uh, which is which makes sense it shouldn't be me or the coach or anybody else that dictates it it should be the guy that's had experience in something like this and that's his surgeon Dr. Ferkel down in Los Angeles so I, I use this analogy, Chris and Rick. I said, uh, somebody asked me the other day, they said, it seems like it's it's difficult to figure out how to play him 20 minutes, when to play him 20 minutes. You guys said you wouldn't play him until he's 100%. Yet is he 100% or when is he going to be 100%? I said, I said I use this analogy. I said, if you were a runner and you hurt your head, had, had an injury like he did uh, and needed ankle surgery, at some point your doctor is going to tell you, hey, Rick, you can go run now, right? You're, you're cleared to run. That doesn't mean you're going to wake up the next day and say, honey, I'm going to run a marathon today. Right. The doctor said I could run. It might mean you'd say, look, I'm going to go run a couple miles and see how it feels. And then next week I'm going to run four. And the next week I'll push it up to six. When you'll be able to actually get out there and push it like you had before prior to an injury, time will tell. Your body will tell you. But that that's the best way for me to explain it, which is we're going to be smart about it and not throw him into the fire, even though... He may be fine. It may yeah. be fine for him to play 35 minutes. That That's a determination the doctor's making based on his history with something like this. I'm sure it's frustrating to Andrew. I'm sure it's frustrating to Mark, our coach. Uh, I'm sitting there watching the games. Obviously, you'd love to have him in the game, but you have to kind of pull yourself back, look at the big picture, and say to yourself, hopefully within a month, two weeks, three weeks, I don't know when it'll be, he'll be out there playing um, without a limit restriction. Well, if this was last year when there was no practice time, I, I fully could understand where you have to sort of have to work him back in, playing him in games. I just, I look at the schedule, and I especially look at the end of November and the beginning of December where you're going to have a gap, you're going to have gaps between home games. Right. So you're going to have some long stretches with practice. And my thought was, you know, it is awkward. It's difficult for Mark to coach the team. It's difficult for the players right. to figure out when they're playing with Andrew or not. Why not sort of go with, you know what, we're, we're going to go with a smaller team, a smaller lineup, but have a consistent rotation until we get to the to Thanksgiving. And then when we have some practice time, now we're going to introduce Andrew. And hopefully he's now he's ready and able to go 25, 30 minutes. What made you decide to go this direction right. rather than that? Well, a doctor for one. It was his his game plan, so to speak, if you want to put it in uh, sports terminology. But his thoughts were, and this even goes back to the date he had the surgery. He said, look, 
it's going to be six months for him to get back to playing basketball. Six months was October 25th. I think he had surgery April 25th. And then when he comes back, I want him on a 20-minute restriction, no back-to-backs. So there was an idea way back in April that this was the way we were going to go. Certainly there's a school of thought to say go your way, um, and that's a fair point. Um, Our thought was there's nothing that can simulate an NBA game. Even practice um, can't simulate an NBA game. So get him out there. It's early. It's not like we're the NFL where 16 games. Every game in the NFL is worth five in the NBA. 16 games, everything's you know, on the line. In 82 games, you hope that over the course of it, if he's 20 minutes now, you bear with it. It's not ideal. You get to the end of the month. Maybe it's 30. Maybe it's 25 then. Um, and you live with it. But you're right. You could you could, you could, could go your way. You need to tell my boy, Chris, that, that it's five games for every one because <laughs> he's sweating. He, he's like literally the, the king's loss. Oh, that yeah. that hurt him. I've got the yeah. over, the season total, 35 and a half. So every game means something. And speaking of he can't simulate the game in practice. 35 and a half? Yeah, I got it low, by the okay. way, which All was right. good. But All didn't right. Alan Iverson also tell us that you can't simulate practice? We're talking about practice. <laughs> Bob Myers, the GM of the Golden State Warriors, joins us here uh, on, on the drive. Now, how much do you have to protect the player from the player? Because it seems like at times – yeah, he wants to play, and right. it seems like he wants to play more. Is it tough to be able to say, hey, big man, this is the direction we're going. You're not going to play more even if you want to play more. Yes, it is difficult. I think uh, any competitor that plays a sport uh, wants to be out there, and it's tough to adhere to some arbitrary standard when your body's telling you, I could go. I mean, he, he got on the phone with the doctor, and he pleaded for more minutes. Um, and he did. He, <laughs> yeah. he called him after the first game, and he said, hey, look, doc, what about 25 minutes? And um, it's, uh, it was a no. He said, look, calm down. It's one game. And, and you almost need, when you're in professional sports, you're so invested in it emotionally that you almost lose sight of the big picture. When you're involved within an organization, you're right. The Sacramento, you think it bothered you. I mean, we, we take these things and we can't sleep over one game. And you have to kind of pull back and say it's 82 games. So the surgeon's able to do that. He's not affiliated with the team. He's able to say, hey, you want him for the season, right? And we say, yeah, we want him for the whole season. Then calm down and stick to the plan, all right? You can jump it up to 25 minutes. You can jump it up to 30 minutes. Then what happens? He has soreness. Then you got to pull him back out. And then you're in one of those cycles, which you don't want to get into. So we have to listen to him. Um, and uh, it's tough, though. For the player, it's very tough. For Andrew, it's tough. I mean, I think he was on the air right now. He'd tell you, this is awful. I mean, it's hard to do, but you got to stick with it and be diligent and uh, just stick with the process. Taking into consideration the whole Andrew Bogut question and um, your comments, which I think you have since clarified that were taken into putting pressure on Mark uh, Jackson, your head coach, yeah. about what your expectations were this year. Uh, just g- give us a sense of what what you want to see from from Mark. How how what the expectations are for him, aside from playoffs, not playoffs, right. but what you want to see from him as a head coach this year? Well, Rick, I think the, the thing we'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see, and, and our group would like to see, is just the growth of the team. How, how does it all fit together? Is Clay Thompson getting better? Can Curry be the point guard of the future? Uh, how's he got him running the team? How is he incorporating the bench where we think we've added some things? How's Harrison Barnes coming along? He's a rookie. With Brandon Rush's season-ending injury, Barnes is going to have to mature quickly. How, how does that happen? What's his growth look like? Um, look, it's hard for us to really look, look at the Bogut thing and, and, and ask him to do a ton with it because it's a difficult situation. But how's Festus Azili, the guy that starts when Bogut can't play, coming along? 
those type of things. The other thing is, um, last year uh, in the in a one point game, if you guys saw the Sacramento game, it's it's a one four flat. Ellis taking a shot. Right. It didn't work that much for this team. Uh, we mm. got what we thought was a great shot. Clay Thompson yep. at a free throw line. Agreed. So we look at things like that. What play call did our coaches make? And it's almost like in football, you, you're, you're fourth and goal, the game's on the line. What play do you call? You get a great play, it just doesn't work. Or a guy that usually makes a shot and misses a shot. So it's a, it's a tough situation uh, that we lost the game, but the coaches drew up the right play. Things like that. You're still learning your job right now. And I've always been fascinated about guys who, I like to say, are on the dark side when you're an agent. And now you switch over to someone who's represented players. You're always trying to get what's best for the players. And now you're on the side of the organization. Right. How much has it helped you in your job that you were a player agent? Oh, man. You know what? It, it, Chris, it helps in the aspect of you've sat in the chair of the person you're speaking to. So, so for example, whether it was Curry's extension, or a player agent asking, why isn't my guy playing more? It, you know how to have that conversation. You know what the agent's going through. An agent doesn't call you and say, why isn't my, my guy playing more? Unless his player's saying, why am I not playing more? Usually, that's what happens. So by sitting in that chair, you have a little bit better understanding of where the agent's coming from. And why is that important? It sounds like a small thing. So much of this is communication, managing things. So from being a former agent, you understand what the agent is going through. Maybe in some sense, I'm, I was much closer to the player as an agent than I am as a general manager. I, you don't have the same intimate relationship. As an agent, you, you're really close to that player. You're invested with him. You're, you're walking hand in hand with his career. Whereas a, as a general manager, you have to take a step back a little bit and look at the whole team, what's best for the organization. Mm. Now it's what's best for that unique player. So it's a little bit of, um, of a balancing act, but having sat in that chair does give you a different view of things which I think can be beneficial uh, in the long run. And the last thing I think as an agent, I had to know every general manager, I had to have a good relationship with every general manager. I spoke to general managers more as an agent than I do now as a general manager because you don't call a general manager usually, and, and I do, I try to maintain a good relationship unless you have a purpose, right? So if I call a GM, and I spoke to a couple of general managers today, um, you call with a, with a point. I mean, you call to say, hey, I, what do you think about this or that? Um, as an agent, you're constantly talking to them about a myriad of, of, of issues, but as a general manager, you don't talk to them as much. So the relationships that I developed from an agent talking to GMs is different than a GM talking to GM. So having cultivated that helps you do business general manager to general manager. I don't know if that makes no, sense. No, it makes total sense. Who's yeah. on your spe speed dial? As far as GMs go? Yeah. Oh, man, you know, the, Ainge is the guy that helped me get the job. I, I mean, Danny Ainge <laughs> is a guy I've known forever who... Um, who I really like, you know, there's a lot of people that if you if you think about either of you and you say, if I left the business, who would I maintain in touch with? That's yeah. how I view the, 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 the level of people. And Danny Ainge is a guy I would stay close to regardless. I was very close to him when I was an agent. Um, hmm. And I, I, like I said, he knew our owner. He helped me meet with our owner. So uh, a guy like that is, is great. Um, you know, there's guys like Sam Presti is a younger general manager, obviously a guy that's been very successful in Oklahoma City. I spoke to him today on the phone, and we were just catching up on something. And I said, I said, how do you, you know, when you watch your team play, you can literally go crazy. I mean, you can. Because sure. Yeah, it's like, well, I, don't, I, I have two young daughters. They don't play sports yet. But, I, you know, you see the Little League dads go nuts because mm -hmm. their kid, the umpire called a bad strike, and they <laughs> lose their mind. And you're sitting there going, are you kidding me? Well, you can kind of relate to that. Um, 
as sitting in this role, it's not a healthy way to watch a game. It really isn't. I mean, you're so invested. So I said to him, I said, hey, man, we were just talking. I said, how do you watch the games? And, and obviously his team's good. Yeah. Um, and I said, you don't, you know, it doesn't matter to you. And he made a good point. He said, you know what? For the first 40 games, you don't know who you are. You don't really know what your team is. And that certainly applies to us. We've got a lot of new pieces. He said, every game is like a test drive. He said, every game you see, you're taking your car for a drive. You're seeing how it runs. You open up the hood when you get home. You look at it. Some things are bad, some things are good. And he said, after half the season, you kind of know what's what a little bit. And I thought that was a good analogy. It gives you the ability to step back, be patient with your team, and, and see what you are. Yeah, I can tell you, working around the A's, Billy Bean doesn't even watch the yeah, game. Yeah, he doesn't watch them, He yeah. works out and watches on a television. Yeah, I think he's earned the right to do that. I'm, no, I'm not even close to him, <laughs> so I, I watch the games. But but it's interesting dynamic. Hey, By the way, <laughs> if this doesn't work out, if, yeah. if the GM thing doesn't work yeah. out, I think we might find a spot for you. If you, you can, can get me on the broadcast. Yeah, I think we can. He'll take your job. Well, you can. Oh, oh, man. Well, yeah, it's, there for the, hey, it's there for the taking. <laughs> Bob, thank you so much for stopping by. Good luck tonight against the Cavs and throughout right. the season. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, All right. Man. We got more coming up next on The Drive. 